Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Men Who Talk Through Movies, the podcast where a couple of guys get together and talk ridiculously during the course of a movie, probably not paying attention to the movie at all. I'm here with my buddy Jeb. We will do our informal introductions in a minute, but first, some quick instructions. This podcast can be listened to in two different ways. You can listen to it by itself, or you can watch the movie along with us. If you'd like to watch, we are watching Aladdin. It is available right now on Disney+. Plus. If it is available on another platform, go ahead and pull that up as well and pause it at the one-second mark. For those of you pulling it up on Disney+, Plus, you will notice that there's a little intro message thing that's talking about how this movie could be offensive to some cultures or people. We'll talk about that later, but go ahead and just get all the way through that and pause it at the zero or one-second mark and wait for our signal. If you need to, pause this podcast and get ready for us. Jeb, are you ready? I'm so ready, buddy. All right. And as soon as you guys are ready, we're going to count down from five, one, five, four, three, two, one, play. Ready? Ready. Five, four, three, two, one, play. All right. Man, I have not seen this movie in so long. I'm so excited. Honestly, I haven't seen it in forever either. Like, we, we got a big old stack of VHS movies years and years ago. I forget where we got it from. It was like one of the senior adults in the church that passed away. Yeah. And like we just got this giant box full of Disney VHS stuff. And this was one of the ones in the box. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I, I remember it fairly fondly. Um, I do too. I mean, not so much in recent years because I've kind of replaced this movie with Twisted, but. Yes. Yes. So. Um, while, while we're getting through the intro scene here, uh, me and Jeb were talking about this a lot earlier on. We were there's a, a parody musical group called Starkid that they take a storyline and they basically rewrite it to be like this college humor type of comedic effect. And what they did with this story was so interesting. So if, if you know the story. When when did this movie come out? The 90s? 92. 92. I am not... It is turning 30 this year. All right. So I am not giving... This is one of the only times I will do this, but just just so that we don't have to worry about, like, saying this every time that we talk about a plot point in the movie, no spoiler alerts for any movie more than 20 years old. That's ridiculous. That's fair. That (laughs) That is is fair. If this movie has been out for 20 years and it's available on a public platform, I don't think there's any reason for any spoiler alerts. I agree. Yeah. But so the reason I say that is because uh, what they did with Aladdin is they took the main characters and switched them. They made Jafar the main character and Mm -hmm. Aladdin the main antagonist. Yeah. And what was so interesting about that is it went from the usual Disney story, which is I came from nothing, but I'm somebody deep inside and my chance will come eventually to all of a sudden he's got everything and he's still a nobody and he's fighting a corrupt system. Yep. Oh, I, I honestly think that that storyline is a lot stronger than this. As strong as like this is a good story, but mm-hmm. I think that Twisted is far stronger Oh, I agree because um, I was. That is probably one of Star Kid's best musicals to date. Like the writing in it is superb, the music in it is so catchy, mm-hmm. and the way that because that was around the time when they were like they did Maleficent and theater, so it was already starting with um oh story from different perspectives. So that was already be- a big thing back in 2013. 
Yeah, except in this case, it's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> sorry for... No, you know what? I'm not sorry, Maleficent fans. Get over it. Yeah, Maleficent <laughs> was not good. And whoever said it was is... Well, it's your opinion, and I can't say you're wrong, but you're wrong. Yeah. Like, my, my thing that I've decided with people is nobody's going to like everybody's stuff. Like, there's going to be stuff that I like that is admittedly crap. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that you're gonna like that's admittedly crap. Yep. I don't fault anybody for enjoying crap. My, yeah. My, my problem is is when you call crap good. Yes. So that's that's kind of the issue here. So I you can agree. enjoy Maleficent all day long. Yep. Just don't tell me it's one of the best movies ever made. I agree. Yeah. Though I will say this, I do love Jafar as a villain. I do too. He is a very good villain. Yes. And they, there's a, I was watching uh, The Corpse Bride yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I noticed that all of their like disfigurations that the characters have yeah. represents a flaw in their character. Yeah. And so I'm kind of looking to see like what, like how Jafar's features would show his flaws. Mm hmm. I mean, he's kind of got like that snake-like mouth. He does, which you know, towards the end of the movie, when he, you know, how snake-like he can be. I'm a snake. I'm a snake. I'm a snake. I'm a literally a snake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't come up with that on my own. I stole it. <laughs> yeah. Now what's. What's really cool about this movie, because um, these visuals are absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. When uh, I was doing some research for this podcast episode, uh, I found something really interesting. This guy, um, Jerry Beck, he's an he's an animation historian, mm-hmm. and he said uh, that this movie was the first moment, animation wise, when everything clicked. Mm. So, it, you know, it's during the Disney Renaissance, which is, you know, all the best Disney. What movies were in the Disney Renaissance? It starts with Little Mermaid and it goes all the way to, um, I want to say Tarzan. So you got Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, Mulan, Hunchback of Notre Dame, this mm-hmm. one. And I think Tarzan, Hercules and Tarzan are what in those in that um, era. Man, that's a lot of good movies. It's a lot of good movies. That's why it's, those yeah. are my favorite movies. Which would you say is your favorite of the Renaissance movies? Either Lion King or Hunchback of Notre Dame. I should have been able to guess that with Lion King. Yeah. I mean, that that was like your film early on. It was my film early on. Yeah. Was there any particular reason that it struck a chord with you? Uh, I did love lions when I was younger. And a movie about lions was kind of cool. I think now that I'm older, it's the storytelling aspect of it. But as a kid, it was just because it was a movie about lions. And I like lions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you did have a thing for lions. That's right. Now it's raccoons, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> I think we mentioned that on, a, on my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, to conclude the, uh, the thing I was talking about earlier, uh, Jerry Beck. Mm-hmm. animation historian he said that this is the first movie where the animation just clicked like with mermaid and beauty and the beast everything was like well done and whatnot right but this was the first movie where even the background characters motions looked good like yeah. there's moments in beauty and the beast where things look a little awkward in the background mm-hmm. but here 
everything was exactly where it needed to All be. All this for a loaf of bread. Sorry. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> of course, you know, all I can think of is the twisted Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he was orphaned at 33. Orphaned at 33. Poor soul. <laughs> no one knows the tortures of his soul. <laughs> So, um, since this is our first episode, we've uh, kind of what we're doing, guys, is we're trying to figure out if we can actually handle talking about one movie for uh, an hour and a half or so. Um, And we won't necessarily just talk about the movie, we'll talk to whatever comes up. But uh, part of what we do is like, I'll do like some extra trivia stuff on like, the production or the creation of it and Jeb will do some of the like trivia in terms of like uh like the things that you could find on like IMDB and mm-hmm. uh, characters and uh actors and whatnot so Jeb you got any interesting notes that apply to this point in the story or is your stuff later on my stuff is later on about the Median, the myth the legend good old Robin Williams oh Robin Williams gosh that I remember when we found out he passed away. That was super sad. That was so sad because it mean, was like, after Taekwondo. Yeah. I mean, that man, that man made the genie and the genie makes this movie. He it does. Would not, it would not have been the same without the genie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and apparently from what I heard and talked about with other people, Robin mm-hmm. Williams, they made a contract with, he made a contract with Disney saying, hey, do not use my character to sell the movie. Mm. Oops. Yeah, big oops. Big, big, big oops. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I, I, I don't think Robin Williams wanted, you know, his name to be the reason people came to see it. Yeah. And again, I mean, Come on, dude, you're, you're freaking Robin Williams. Yeah. Abu just killed that guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Abu just killed that guy. Uh, Aladdin just fat shamed a woman a moment ago. I mean, like, th- this is what that intro thing was talking about. Maybe this is offensive to people. You know, maybe, yeah, we, we just, we need to rethink everything, Jeb. We really do. We've been living wrong this whole time. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm not making that joke. <laughs> I'm not making that joke. Okay. <laughs> I'm not getting too political on our first episode. <laughs> I'm going to. Steve, it's not we've been living wrong. It's just we've been living privileged. Oh, (laughs) I forget. Yeah. Because remember, Stephen, where are the problems in society? White, straight, Christian, Republican men. Hey, don't forget. We thin. We are thin, too. Man, we got that thin privilege, too. Okay, this, all right, for, for anybody who is, can stomach a little bit of uh, language and sexual humor, I'm going to give you guys a censored version of this scene in Twisted. <laughs> so Aladdin's <laughs> actually, yeah, I know, Aladdin's actually a terrible thief, and he's actually, like, murderous and whatnot. And so at this point, like, he, he gets the bread and takes a bite of it, he's like, oh, raisins. Raisins? I hate raisins. <laughs> <laughs> and so he sees the little orphan kids. <laughs> he's like hey hey little orphans you, you want some bread like, please sir and he just throws it and goes fetch your chumps <laughs> oh my favorite character from Twisted oh Ahmed Ahmed 
Because no one oh. remembers Ahmed. He's just used for a throwaway joke. I know. It's ah, oh, but man, he's so deep, and you can tell in this movie how deep he is indeed. Tiger screw up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's let's save that explanation for yep. uh, when he's walking out. Yep. In a in a in twisted, like Ahmed is actually a very central character. He he actually <laughs> sticks around for a long time, and he's played by Joe Walker. Joe Walker's hilarious. I love Joe Walker. He's all my favorite characters. Commander up from Starship, Umbridge Voldemort. from a Harry Potter sequel. Voldemort in a very Potter musical. Oh. Like, oh man. Like I I I love I love their stuff that they did, you know, without him, but like for everything like he was the Robin Williams. He of... was also Batman in the Batman musical. Can't oh. forget that. I mean, like he really was the star of the show for as many years as he was doing this. Yeah. So about that little intro screen thing that everyone who watched on Disney saw. Yeah. What the oh, heck? Boy. All right. So let's actually wait a second. Are we about to get to the, uh, is this, uh, this next scene is uh, the Ahmed scene, isn't it? I do believe so because three, two, one. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Prince Ahmed, you, you, you want to take this one, Jeff? <laughs> uh, as you can see, he had a tiger sicked upon him. Yes. And so the joke in Twisted was that, you know, he was humiliated. So he goes back home to start a war with um, the, the Magic Kingdom. But all of his royal subjects took it the wrong way and thought <laughs> that he made love with the tiger. <laughs> they started calling him Tiger Screwer. <laughs> so, like, towards the end of the play... um. Whenever Ahmed comes to invade, the best line is like, give Ahmed his tiger and no one gets hurt. <laughs> There's a whole musical number on it and everything. Yeah. Oh, I hate Jasmine. I do too. Well, not this Jasmine. Well, no. Well, no. So, no. so this, this actually does bring us back to, uh, the title screen thing. So yeah, uh, for those who were watching on Disney plus, you saw an intro screen that says that uh, things in this movie references and stereotypes are offensive to some cultures or people and they were wrong then and they're wrong now. Um, and it's just something that they have to accept when they watch this movie. Let's, let's talk about like where this is placed in the group of people. This is placed around. Okay. So this okay. is taking place in, Saudi Arabia, I believe. Or somewhere close in, somewhere in that area. The Middle yes. East. Yes. And, and, and of course, right here, if you have any questions about the religion of the people involved, they're Islam. Okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. This is actually the second mention of Allah in this movie. Oh, where was the first one? Um, it was at the very beginning where um, Jafar and the um, little thief was at the Cave of Wonder, the little thief was like, by Allah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so. Obviously, I think when you look at this film and you see that intro title, the idea is to send a message to any Muslim viewers that this is not supposed to be, like, 
a slight against them. Like this mm-hmm. movie was because was supposed to be like offensive to their Muslim viewers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest right here about Islam for a minute. None of this looks like Islam. No. None of like Islam is far more rigid than this. Yes. Like a if a Muslim woman was wearing what Jasmine what, uh, was wearing, what Jasmine is wearing, like she 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 would oh my gosh like the the punishments would be like so incredibly severe like yeah i don't think most people understand the severity of islam and how controlling it is yeah there's a uh, for anybody who's got questions about what islam actually believes there's an interesting uh youtube channel that i think people should check out it's called act 17 apologetics mm. it's a guy who I'm, I might have shared stuff with you before, but it's a guy Maybe. who he he started off as just doing a basic apologetics podcast. And for a while, his main focus was on atheism. Mm-hmm. But then he had a friend who was a Muslim. And so he spent a lot of time studying Islam. And then eventually his entire channel just became focused on witnessing to and confronting lies of Islam. Mm hmm. You learn a lot about uh, the culture of Islam by listening to his podcast and how mm-hmm. angry they get. Right. So all of that to say, I'm not really – most people who come to the immediate defense of Islam, I don't think they actually know what Islam is because none of this looks like Islam by the book. Right. American Islam does not look like Islam by the book. It's a mm-hmm. very liberal form of Islam. Yeah. Yeah. What frustrates you about it? About what? Islam? That, or? that, that intro title. Oh, that just now noted. I was a kid when I watched this and I haven't seen this movie in years. So I don't know what they're referring to. But nothing in this movie is offensive, though. Like the one thing I remember my sister did a um, project on this and how it could have been offensive. And like, I don't know if you've noticed. Any antagonizing character has a British accent. Jafar, the guards, you know, and maybe that was their way of saying, oh, this is obviously racism in the form of Disney and during that time. And I'm like, is it though? I mean, that's being racist against like some of the whitest of white people in the world. True, but yeah, but that stuck out to me. And it's just like, and like I said, I was um, young when I watched this. Watched it a few times in high school because it was one of my favorite movies. Right. But as an adult, from what I remember, I don't see how any of this can be offensive. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, I think a buddy, at, a buddy at True of Mind said it best. If you're going to be offensive, like it, nothing is offensive unless you make it offensive. Hmm. I'd have to think about that for a minute. Because like, I agree that far less than what we assume is offensive is actually offensive. Mm-hmm. I'd have to think about that thoroughly, though. Do you believe in love in first sight? Of course. I've experienced it many times. Many times. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag uh, love on Christian campuses. <laughs> You're not wrong. I know. How many, I mean, like, how many times have you walked around on, like, a Christian college campus and then someone's just like, I just saw them and I knew. 
<laughs> I knew the first time I saw them. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that, like, people can feel God leading them towards, like, a specific person in a moment. Like, right. Like, I don't believe that God has set aside one specific person for you, but I do believe that when both people are being obedient to God, that God can lead them together. Mm-hmm. That being said, I find it very interesting how the God card gets played on the front end and the back end. Yep. I just feel like God has led us to be together. I just feel like God is leading us apart. Yeah. Now, I'm bad with discernment myself, so... Yeah. That's why I normally go to other people to see what they think. But, yeah. I I understand the whole... Sorry, because in, in my Christian ethics class, I was the example of the one, not the one, but messing up God's will because of the one. Uh, <laughs> yep. So, uh, one of my teacher, Mr. Epling was all like, all right guys. So imagine, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so were dating, but they broke up and then Jeb dated so-and-so. Well, if so-and-so was so other so-and-so's one, well, Jeb just messed up God's will because he took so-and-so's one. So now so-and-so has to find another person's one and so on and so forth. So when he explained it like that, Basically saying how I ruined God's will in that example <laughs> made me understand that the concept of the one isn't really there. Yeah. But like I, because Stephen can attest, because I talked to him about all my relationship and love life problems. Not that I really have any, at least no relationship issues, to be honest. But I come to Stephen and every, before I started dating, um, my girlfriend, Lindsay, she was all, or I was all like, I'm just trying to find the one and this, that, and the other. And I'd always follow up. Not that I believe in that, but I just don't know what else to call yeah. it. It's kind of like how, how people like tear something down, but they don't really replace it with anything. Right. Yeah. And Jeb and I have discussed multiple times and on multiple different platforms, how frustrated we are with the way that churches handle things sometimes. Cause they're, they take oh, a really strong. Sorry. Oh, that is. I a love that shot of him showing the. Anyway, as you were saying. Yeah. Now, no, let's take a moment to talk about that because, like, that's a that is an absolutely beautiful, like, cinematically beautiful reveal. It's not just the visuals, but like mm-hmm. the way that they plotted that moment. Every third of the screen is filled with something breathtaking. Yeah. Like even look like looking at the walls. Like look at the detail on the walls right there. You can mm-hmm. see like it looks like the weather has worn away little holes within it. Yeah. It's just so fascinating. I could, I could never like, this was still back in the day when they were doing a lot of like hand animation. Yep. Like computer animation was still like developing into what it is today. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, it was 30 years ago. It was 30. This was 30 years ago. Come at me. 2d animations better than CGI or 3d animation. Oh, 100% agreed. Like, even just looking at, like, um, I recently just watched through The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings movies again. Mm-hmm. And, like, I love the story of The Hobbit, and I love Bilbo. Bilbo is my favorite character, bar none, from the entire Tolkien universe. Mm-hmm. But it, like, you can't get around those visuals in The Lord of the Rings movies. Nope. Um, 
before you go back to what we were talking about before I interrupted about the shot because yeah. they're after me. They're after they're you. After you. Oh, go, get again. it back. <laughs> no, <they're here. laughs> Sorry. That was that what you were doing? Um, no, what I was going to say is, have you heard about the new Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings show? I've heard about it. I have, I, I've read some things about it. Because like they only have the rights to some of the stuff. They don't have the Semerillion. I think they've only got like what's in the Lord of the Rings and maybe what's in the Hobbit. Right. Yeah. So they don't have the entire, like anything that they do before the story of Lord of the Rings, they're having to extrapolate from whatever they have in uh, the Lord of the Rings. Right. That's all I know about it. From what I've seen, because there's only been one trailer, it looks okay. I'd be willing to give it a shot. Yeah. It's Ooh. all your fault, Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> That's another theme in Twisted. Everything is Jafar's <laughs> fault. Um, but yeah, going back to what you were saying about the before I interrupted about the uh, beautiful shot, because, you know, we are talking uh, through a movie. I need to comment on said movie eventually. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I don't care. But yeah, so... Um, you we you were saying how you and me both agree how we don't like how the church has handled um a lot of things yes and one of the big things is like with relationships so yes it's you know the church is terrible when it comes to talking about sex and they're also terrible about talking about relationships so like this yep. idea of the one how god's got this one set aside for you we still have people in the church who talk about that Yep, they pull scriptures to talk about it, and they have a lot of nothing. Yep. But what about Isaac and Rebecca? Oh yeah, you mean like God's chosen people? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because yeah, you are definitely God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's when it comes to like issues within like our culture and understanding the Bible. Almost all of them come from a misusing of the old testament yep and that's so disheartening it is disheartening because what people fail to understand is yes jesus came to fulfill the law and the old testament but that does not mean he negated it that's right so everything that is said in the old testament is still relevant like if in the old testament israel is god's chosen people then guess what he they are still god's chosen people today Mm mm-hmm that's right. Yes, we are grafted into it, mm-hmm. but we do not replace them. Yeah. And that's, should I do it? Do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, already made, it. I already made a controversial statement already. Why should, don't leave me the only one. Okay. All right. Uh, the issue with Calvinism comes down to the same problem with liberal theology, replacement theology. The idea that the modern church today replaces Israel. That is through and through the issue with Calvinism and Mm -hmm. every other uh, major theological problem. Uh, You look, because what's, what's the number one go-to passage for Calvinism? Romans nine, right? Yep. Romans nine. But over and over throughout the passage, if you just follow paragraph by paragraph, write down what the main characters are and what exactly they're talking about. It doesn't have to do with personal salvation. It's mm-hmm. all talking about the election of Israel. The only way that you can get that that's talking about personal salvation, that I, I do like this side of Jafar as well. I do too. 
oh my gosh, I should have said spoiler for a 30-year-old movie. I'm so sorry. Spoilers? I'm with I'm with Abu there. Those look so pretty. I could eat them. They were they were pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, if you look in Romans chapter nine, like, look at those specific ones. Uh, the specific examples that Paul is giving. Sorry, but life's a two way street. Well, Half- Jafar mentioned the gold the gold rule. Whoever has the gold makes, makes the, the rules. rules. And of course, in Twisted, Jafar is the one following the golden rule. Yes. But then the other leaders in the palace introduce him to the gold rule, which Jafar says here in this movie. Yep. And so that gives Jafar a moral conflict. Mm-hmm. So, oh. All right. You know what? I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. I think that you guys need to stomach through uh, the sexual jokes and the, uh, the language and watch Twisted, because I think it is incredibly relevant to how Christians interact in culture today. I agree, because mm-hmm. as I've talked to you many times about it, so for those who don't know, I'm in my master's right now, and I'm debating if I should do my um, doctorate, and what my doctorate would be would be basically what Stephen just mentioned, how we deal with culture, and mis- more specifically, the media that we consume. Yes. Because... A lot of people tend to be like, oh, that's bad. We should push it away, which to a point, yes, don't cause your brother or sister to stumble. I don't want you watching hardcore porn or anything. Right. Of course. Of course not. But there are some things like, for example, Harry Potter to where I think is could be very relevant for. um. Sorry, I just thought of a plot hole. Don't touch anything. Right. Except for right. The- they just touched carpet. <laughs> That's true. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What if, what if carpet was not a part of the treasure? Hmm. What if carpet was a visitor just like Aladdin and Abu here? Huh. Maybe. I didn't think of that until just now. I didn't either. But anyway, back to what I was saying. So yeah, the media we consume, because a lot of people, like I said, tend to be like, oh, if it's not of the Bible or Jesus, we should push it away and only consume Christian media. Well, I mean, that is good. I mean, not really. Some of the Christian media we get is not good. Just saying. But We could spend a lot of time talking about that. Yeah, we could. But we're not going to. But what I want to mention is even Paul used the media of the time. Mm Mm-hmm. I forget what passage it is, but didn't Paul like quote like a Greek book or something or Roman book? He did, and I don't remember which it is. And then, yeah. uh, and then you've got Jude who uses some of the Apocrypha. Yep. But so, but you see my point though. Yeah. We as Christians shouldn't like. Yes, if it's going to cause you to stumble, then I completely agree. Don't watch it. But like you just said, it's not like we're saying watch hardcore porn. Right. Or- porn in general don't watch porn at all not hardcore or just anyway beside the point yeah watch things that are going to help you with your faith even if it's not relatively a christian story Mm -hmm. one of the things i've been doing with um our youth at our church is we've been piece by piece we've kind of like been going through different like popular movies and like finding uh things that are relevant to our faith like i pulled a a clip from uh, The Two Towers because I just find that an incredible movie. Um, it is such an incredible movie. 
you know, if this if this episode's a success and we can get uh, the right guests lined up, we would love to do the Lord of the Rings movies. Yes, which would be a lot of talking. Oh my or gosh, this, it would be a lot of talking. Heck, I was also thinking if this is a success, we should do the Zack Snyder trilogy. Ooh, and have the last one of that trilogy be you know Zack Snyder's Justice League. Talk through that four hour movie. <laughs> I think we should if we do that, we should break it up because it's four parts, right? six it's six parts okay i think we should split it up to where it's like a half and half then if we do i that. agree um that way you know we're not spending four hours just trying to come up with new things that gives us some time to do some more research or to mm-hmm. find some different talking points and topics right oh yeah i'm now, gonna think this- this did not happen in Kingdom Hearts, and I touched a lot of treasure. In both this... Kingdom... Go ahead. I was going to say, in both Kingdom Hearts games, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, when we do go into the cave, I touched a lot of treasure, and this did not happen. Yeah? Yeah. Huh. Just saying. I think that this whole segment right here, in terms of, like, the visual quality, this is the most beautiful segment to me. Like, it's just, it's gorgeous. Yeah. What they're able to do here, like, it, I think it takes it to a brand new level, and especially, I'll show it to you in just a moment. It's, uh, I think it's after they go through this room. This is my favorite visual transition. Yeah. Wait for it, wait for it. Almost there. Oh, it's taken it too long. I haven't seen this movie in forever. Oh, and of course, the classic line. Yep. This is no time to panic. Start panicking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This, all right. This is where it is. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Right here. This is my favorite scene by scene transition. Almost. <laughs> Man, I forgot this movie. Here we go. Right there. Oh, yeah. I love that transition. All right. And I, I know that you get this, too. You get because you're the way about movies that I am like you've got some parts of movies that you can enjoy them. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's cool. But then there's some parts that just give you chills and speak. That's that transition to me from the inside to the outside with the, the lightning. Oh, so good. Then of course we've got the, uh, the twisted version of this. Hey dude, you like, I like got this lamp and whatnot, but then all the all the treasure is just lava. <laughs> I'm gonna keep this. Cause you said you wanted an ordinary oil lamp. This totally is not. This is totally unordinary. So I'm keeping this. Yeah. It's got like this magic gin inside, and it's really funny. <laughs> you know, I know we said we picked this movie because of the link, but we literally should have just talked about Twisted or watched. Really, Twisted. we should have. Uh, another episode another episode yeah we can do another episode on it uh probably a little later do we have any of our friends that are star kid fans yeah we got Je- no jenna's a girl oh you're right <laughs> you're right this is men who talk through movies when we when we introduced this and we set out the uh the trailer for this jenna got all ticked off of it. Uh, not ticked off it was fake ticked off but she started picking on us about how 
uh, there's nothing for the girls. And I was like, make your own. Yeah. Get a bunch of girls together. We'll cross promote it. Podcast. Yeah. But um, we got John. We got um. I know there are. I know. I know of other people who do enjoy Star Kid. It's just off the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, and here we go. I oh. love this comeback. Ah, uh, yeah. I know it's covering up for another word, but if I heard someone say two-faced son of a jackal, I swear to you, I would immediately excommunicate that person from the church. Yep. And now, I, I think he was already here because I think he did the uh, the uh, traveling yes. salesman. But he did. Introducing the true star of the show, the reason this whole movie and everything exists. Oi! <laughs> Got a brick in the neck. <laughs> Robin Williams, the man of the freaking century. What a comedian. What a comedian. Yeah. You got some notes on Robin Williams? I sure do. So first, during the course of the recording, the voices Robin Williams improvised so much that they had 16 hours of material. (laughs) 16 hours of him just doing his um, improvisation. Yeah. Another thing. Because Robin Williams ad-libbed so many of his lines, the script was rejected for Best Adapted Screenplay Academy Award nomination. <laughs> he literally screwed them over. He did screw them over. You know, though, I would say that like the success of this movie is worth way more than an Oscar. Oh, yeah. Aw. This is sweet. I didn't know that. So this what? is something new to me. When Robin Williams passed away in 2014, Disney honored him that week by airing Aladdin on their three children's channels, Disney Channel, Disney XD, and Disney Junior, across three days, twice on each channel. And at the end of the the movie, just before the credits, they put up an image that read, in memory of Robin Williams, who made us laugh. Aw. That's so great. I love that. Like, Disney has its issues. We're not going to say that they don't. Right. But when Disney does it right, they do it right. They do. And they take care of their people. They really do. Sorry. That's okay. Please. And and what's so cool about him, too, is like he was like he's a true performer. He is. Like, Like, um, in terms of performers, he would be known as what we call a Renaissance man in modern filmmaking like he could act he could improvise he could Mm -hmm. write he could sing he could tell stand-up jokes like the man could do just about anything you sign him up for a job and he fills in and knows how to do it right away he really does um so the reason robin williams got this role was whenever they were like doing i guess pre-production they Mm -hmm. they drew genie like a sketch thing you know a first time sketch of Genie doing one of Robin Williams' comedic performances. And that could <laughs> Robin Williams, he was like, oh, I'm doing this role. <laughs> That's so great. So, I watched a video yeah, specifically on why Robin Williams is perfect for Genie, and it kind of sums up in this moment here. Because, as you know, there was a live-action remake. 
Yeah. Which sadly was the best one, but that still didn't mean it was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Williams is the character. It's not just Robin Williams being Robin Williams. Right. And you can see it in this scene right here. However, Will Smith, when he got the role, who did a phenomenal job, don't get me wrong. But Will Smith. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I haven't seen it, but I don't doubt it. Will Smith was just Will Smith as the genie. Yeah. He, Will Smith wasn't Will Smith wasn't being genie. He was just being himself as the genie. And well, I think that's really the problem in a lot of movies today. Like, I'll, as much as I enjoyed it, the new Uncharted, mm-hmm. which I do think Tom Holland pulled well, but I think Tom Holland, they just got Tom Holland because of, you know, the star name. Yeah. I will say... No, it was Mark Wal. So yeah, Mark Wahlberg was just Mark Wahlberg as Sully in the game. You know the old man from the Uncharted games. Yes, yes. They got Mark Wahlberg to play that role. Okay. And Mark Wahlberg was just Mark Wahlberg okay. playing that role. I mean, that's when you've got a a classic character. That's about all you can do. I mean, because if you're just a knockoff of the original, like you can't do anything good about it like i've heard positive things about uh will smith's genie Mm -hmm. but if he tried to be robin williams genie it would not have worked i agree so i i mean i really think this is as good as you can do yeah everyone knows you're not going to be able to surpass this oh of course i i just wish people would stop like just giving people roles because of the stardom name and just let you know yeah like, I'm actually really excited for the Batman coming out next week. You'll have to tell me how it is, because I'm a little torn about it. Who's who's playing Batman again? Robert Pattinson. Okay, so they so they did fully can Ben Affleck. That's complicated, but that's I'll save this I'll save these talks for when we do DC movies, but that's complicated. Okay. Because okay. I really liked Batflick. I I did too. Especially with, um, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League, it added more to his character. Yeah, and I, it makes me happy that um, that that the, those movies are starting to get more attention now. Yeah, but not like, enough for Warner Brothers to save them, though. Yeah, but that's Warner Brothers for you. It's people with money fueling an agenda. Like, yeah, Warner Brothers made their money off of good movies. And now that they've got as much money as they want and they've got friends who've got money, they can pretty much make anything that they would like to make, no yep. matter the backlash. Yep. And that's my big problem with like these these big groups like Disney and Warner Brothers is they're so successful now and they have so many successful friends. They can fail as many times as they want and it doesn't matter. Yep. Because like the past couple of Disney movies, while maybe they weren't fails... They've not been smash hits. I don't know. Encanto was pretty good. I, I've been told I need to watch it. Um, but I mean, how long has it been since we've had a hit like this? I will say Frozen because you cannot deny how much of an impact that had. It did as have a big... As, as it is, there has not been a dis- in that sense. And like I said, I think Encanto's a close second. I think that I'll say that's fair because I don't 
I'm like you. I don't want to give. Uh, I don't want to give credit to Frozen, but I mean, it did make a lot of ripples. Yep. The fact my, that my. Oh, sorry. Continue. It's okay. My issue with Frozen is it had to have Tangled in order to make it a success. Yeah, and Tangled is a so so much a far superior movie than Frozen. I agree. I think it should be used in marriage counseling. Yeah. <laughs> you know who we oh, haven't Gilbert talked God. about yet? Who? Iago. Ah, good old Gilbert Godfrey. Good old Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> okay, so I learned something about Gilbert Godfrey and a controversy that he was involved in. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so 9-11 had just happened, okay? Uh-huh. And so at this point, there had not been a lot of comedy stuff. And uh, everybody's kind of like, you know, still recovering from the emotional trauma of the attack of September 11th. Right. So Gilbert Godfrey gets on stage, knowing full well what he's stepping into. And he, and he says, I was almost late to today's roast, but I had a flight with a connecting flight. I was kind of worried about the connection because we were making a stop at the Empire State Building. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. And like half of the audience is laughing, half of the audience is booing and realizing how how much trouble he's going to be in. He's just like grips the podium, doesn't apologize, just kind of like grips the podium, leans back a little bit and just lets it sit. <laughs> but that's, I mean, like that's the era of uh, comedians that we had during this time. I mean, yeah, we're not going to have people like Robin Williams and Gilbert Gottfried and Norm MacDonald today. I mean, like we have a few good ones, but they just don't exist to that caliber. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, okay. It's, it's, it, <laughs> for an example, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And uh, for, for any, anybody listening with a younger audience, um, it's a little bit of a PG-13 joke. Because that was Robin Williams. He was, he was a PG-13 comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him do an improv bit and when he does improv, like he doesn't stay on the stage. Like he walks down into the audience and starts picking on everyone that he can. And so he got to a moment where he was talking about how what he does is an art craft to him. And he points to the big uh, improv sign on the stage. He says, that word up there, that means something to me. That word improv means something to me. It means jerking off a whole room of people at once. (laughs) I mean, you're not going to find, like, brave comedians like that who are just, like, they have that F.U. attitude. I yeah. love that F.U. attitude. Yeah. I mean, you see, again, you see in the culture we live in today, any inappropriate joke about anyone is offensive and you're immediately going to get in trouble. Yeah. But that's why I'm glad that we had people like Robin Williams who, like, you have to come back, watch this, and you can be like, you can be like, you know, I don't like that joke. But I can't deny it's absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling you get when you laugh at a joke and you're like, I know I shouldn't be laughing at this. Yep. I'm going to go quote this to all of my friends now. Yep. 
All right, I'm gonna. All right, where, where's a pen? I need a pen. I have to, because <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut this out. Um, I gotta tell you my favorite. Uh, since we're speaking along this line, I gotta tell you my favorite Norm Macdonald joke. Okay. Have I told you my favorite Norm Macdonald joke? I don't think so. Okay, I'm gonna have to have to cut this out. There's no way I can get around leaving this in a podcast. Um, but he'd been working on this joke for a long time, and he just couldn't get anybody to take the bait. I, I find I am nowhere along his caliber, but I'm his same style of comedian. I'll set mm-hmm. someone else up to take the bait, and then I'll make an extra joke if somebody takes the bait. Right. So what he would do is he would go on interviews and uh, late night shows, and you know he'd be twiddling with a little cigarette. He'd pop it in his mouth, but it wouldn't be lit. So mm-hmm. he'd just be playing around with a cigarette, <laughs> and then... Always what would happen is somebody would ask if they would if they could light it for him and he'd go, Oh no, I I actually don't smoke anymore. I just kinda like I just kinda play around with it a little bit. You know, my doctor tells me I have an oral fixation. And then, you know, most people just kinda like chuckle a little bit and then they move on. I saw like Dave Letterman, he just kinda laughed and then he moved on to like the next thing he was talking about. And this would mm-hmm. happen over and over and over. He finally got somebody to take the bait. <laughs> And uh, it was on. It was on his own show. One of the right. guests that he brought on, and he's like, "No, nah, I don't smoke anymore. I just kind of like play around with it. You know, my doctor tells me I have an oral fixation." And the guest just kind of laughs and goes, "Why did he tell you that? Because I was sucking his." C- <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite Norm Macdonald joke ever. I'm gonna have to bleep. I, I'm I'm gonna bleep that because I can't. <laughs> But that's the, you want another Norm joke? Sure. Okay. So this is my second favorite Norm joke. Uh, you know Friends, right? I love Friends. Uh, oh, uh, you, you know the, you know the, uh, the Friends Cold Open with Robin Williams? I think so. Okay. So there, there's a cold open where. Robin Williams comes in with a buddy of his and like he does this whole this whole scene in front of the group. Yeah. And it's it's one of the most famous bits. Completely unscripted. As Sounds like Robin for Robin Williams. Williams. He wasn't even supposed to be on set. <laughs> he was he was in town. He heard that they were filming and so he waited until they started filming and then he just walked in and performed this whole bit with his buddy. <laughs> So That's no fun. one, so all of the reactions that you see from the friends, like that is 100% genuine. They had no idea this was going to happen. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the reason I bring that up is uh, Matthew Perry, who plays Chandler. I love Chandler. I do too. But uh, I mean, would you be surprised if I told you that Matthew Perry is a little uh, egotistical? No. No, an actor who's successful, egotistical. So he had a big ego on him, and a lot of the big executives would just fuel that ego. Mm -hmm. Like, and this would tick off Norm McDonald so much. Like, some people were like, uh, you know, Matthew Perry, like, he invented a new form of comedy, and he'd be like, what, you mean sarcasm? (laughs) But this kept going. Like, he, and he'd keep getting frustrated that uh, that he couldn't just be a little bit more humble than what he was. Right. And so then he was talking with uh, 
he, he was talking with who was it harvey weinstein mm-hmm. and uh harvey weinstein was just singing matthew perry's praises and he got to this one specific line he said matthew perry is a genius and norm just kind of looked at him and said what is he good at math or something <laughs> uh but there's a lot like comedy is one of two things it's either incredibly friendly to each other or it's incredibly cutthroat yep. so like norm gilbert Gottfried, and robin williams would do a lot of stuff together but then there were other comedians that they just did not get along with mm-hmm So, one thing I will say about the remake that I did not like was yeah. this segment. Because you, you, you know how fast-paced the music is, right? Yes. It was so slow. Really? It was awful. Like, I listened to the soundtrack before seeing the movie, because that's what I do, is I'll listen to the music before seeing the thing. Yeah. And I was listening to this music, and I was like, something doesn't sound right. And it was because the in the movie, the Prince Ali song was so slow that is that is so depressing like i watched it again on like 1.5 speed and that immediately fixed everything huh so we just need to re-edit basically just speed it up a little bit basically at least in the live action version there's so many things that i want to re-edit just because like the editing was so bad yeah um, like one of my favorite uh, TV shows, Hunter Hunter, which I've, I've showed you a little bit of it. You have. I haven't watched it since, but I'm I'm running out of things to watch. And it, what I what I'm re- realizing myself doing is rewatch. Like, I do the I, same thing. Like I need to find new shows, but I like rewatching old shows. And people yeah. think crazy, like Jeb. Why would you rewatch something you've already seen it? And I'm like, because it's good. Yeah. It's like, you know, part of it's like a comfort thing, but part of it's also like, they don't make stuff like this anymore. They really don't. Like, even this movie, like, yeah, yeah, I, I think that Twisted's better, but like, I would love for there to be another Aladdin. I'd yeah. love for there to be a film that's like this, that inspires this many people. Mm-hmm. And it's got, it, it's got some good moral stories to it as well. It really does. Because like here we see, here we see a great deceit being played out. He's pretending to be someone completely different. Mm-hmm. And while on one hand he needed something to get him to this point where he could be with Jasmine, that didn't mean that he needed to live in deceit. Correct. And he could have, he could have trusted Jasmine. Yeah. And what's interesting too is Jafar is also living in deceit. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice little um, parallel between the antagonist and protagonist. Yeah. Both are living in deceit, but one's, I mean, they're, they're both kind of doing it for the wrong reasons, but the difference between the two is Aladdin realizes his mistakes after, you know, being called out on them. And, yes. changes, and Jafar just doesn't. Yes. It, it's kind of like Aladdin is doing doing a good thing the wrong way for the wrong reasons. Yes. And he does come around and that's, we talk a lot about redemption because redemption, not only is it like 
the point of our faith as Christians, mm-hmm. but it's also one of the most powerful story elements. Yes. I want that sign. <laughs> I want to just care. I want to just wheel it around with me. Yeah. <laughs> I love this scene. This is my favorite scene with of Robin Williams because it starts off with him playing chess with carpet. And I can't yeah. believe it. I'm losing to a rug. rug. <laughs> and then here's the deal, Spark. If you want to get the little lady, gotta be a straight shooter. This just has so many good lines from Robin Williams. Yes, it's and, and this movie really like showcases like everything about uh his abilities because mm-hmm. he's he's got that comedic side and he's got that serious side he's got that excited voice that calm voice and it sh- and of course all of this is improvised so it shows his his amazing writing ability yeah what are some of the other things that he's done because he was uh night at the museum he was uh oh yeah he was teddy yes Good old Teddy Roosevelt. Um, Jumanji. Yes, Jumanji. Um, he was the red robot from the Robots movie. I have not seen that yet. From what I remember, it's good. But um, I haven't seen it in years. Okay. What else has he done? You know, I give Jasmine a hard time, but she's really not as bad as I say she is. No. She's just looking for something. She's just looking for something genuine here. Yes. I mean, how many ladies can relate to that? Just wanting something that's real. Yeah. Oh, that's the whole point of this moment right here. When she approaches Aladdin, she's tired of the fake princes who are self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. This the warning, the warning, the warning. <laughs> warning, warning. <laughs> the office with Kevin. Warning, 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 warning. <laughs> mayday, mayday. <laughs> you want me to sing her? <laughs> no, Jeannie, I think that's your so. I can't believe I just said that. Wait, what? I'm sorry, I was too busy quoting the movie. I I know. (laughs) When he said, you want me to stinger? I was like, I think that's his plan, Genie. Ouch! (laughs) I know. (laughs) This is a PG-13 podcast, people. Don't don't play this for your kids. This is a PG-13 podcast. We're going to talk about stuff. All sorts of stuff. Yes. (laughs) I... I, I... (laughs) As much as I pick on this movie, and this really is a romantic scene. Yes. And this this musical number really is beautiful. It is. So, growing up with two older sisters, we thrive on these kind of duets. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jenny kill this song. I could see you and Jenny singing this at the top of your lungs. We kill it. Like, I cannot stress how much we kill this mo- this moment but again being the youngest brother and having two older sisters i was always the guy on these types of duet parts yeah <laughs> um, i don't know if, i don't know if you remember this but years ago uh 
it, it was before Sunday school one day. We have my old MP3 recorder. I recorded you singing this like a drunk man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay. remember it, but to be fair, it sounds like something I would do. Oh, yeah. You like during that time, you hardcore played like the drunk guy impressions. I remember you came in and you were like, I could show you a world yeah. shining, shimmering, flame, dead. The, the hiccups are what get me. Like, whenever I would fake drunk, anytime I'd hiccup. Yeah, I know, because it's so abrupt. My the favorite. All new world. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of that recording was when you. You accidentally did this too loud. You went, oh, new world. I feel like I am really drunk. <laughs> I remember like that. Went, I hope no one heard what I just did. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's probably what started everything that we do today. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> That's one thing I pride myself in is um when I do sing or make parodies or covers, I have a good meter. So I yeah. can like, like there's an episode in my Last of Us 2 Let's Play where towards the end of the game, Steven, spoiler alert, but I don't think you're as into the second game as you were in the first. I do intend to... It, we've got some money stuff we're working through right now, but I, I, I honestly would get the second game but go ahead it's not too spoilers but towards the end of the game she goes ellie goes to santa barbara okay so me being the psych fan that i am mm-hmm. i start singing santa barbara skies ah oh, and my meter song. was really good yeah <laughs> that's part of what gives like songs a good flair is like when you have that dynamic from loud to quiet loud mm-hmm. to quiet because those quiet moments just pull you in. And let you yeah. Oh, uh, you know what we didn't talk about? What didn't we talk about? During that musical number? What? The better version from Twisted. Oh, yeah. To take, take off, off your, your clothes. clothes. <laughs> 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 of course, my favorite part of, of that number is when is when his advances aren't working and he's like, hey, I know you're nervous. I mean, I am too. I've never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh. And, and, all right, so this is an important moment for you know any guy, any single guys listening right now or any single girls. When you have that moment to correct deceit, you need to take it yep. because if all you're going to do is deepen the lies that you're in, you're going to have to face that moment again. Yep. Cause Jasmine has proven herself to be trustworthy in wanting something real and genuine, even if it requires a little bit of sacrifice. Right. I mean, she, were, the girl freaking ran away from an endless supply of money and wealth and, uh, and, uh, servanthood. So that she could live something more genuine. He -hmm. could have trusted her with the truth. But in that moment, he decided instead to twist the truth even more. I agree. 
Moral of the story, people, don't be Aladdin. Yeah. Don't be a hater. Be a truther. Oh, no. The horror. Oh. The horror. Can we just talk about how impressive it is that not only were they able to tie up and net an elephant, but that they were able to suspend it with strong enough rope from a strong enough tree hanging in the air. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that's the resources you guys got, you got no financial struggles ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but this scene for me, I, I, I just love this scene. Yeah. It's not like super funny. It's it's not the most suspenseful part, but I just think it's it's just so well done. Yeah. I was about to say that sand looks like a cloth. Yeah, stupid, it is a cloth. <laughs> I mean, tech. What? Sorry, I was about to say what's about to come up when Genie uses this as his second wish. Yeah. What do you mean? Yes, like I'll take that as a yes. To be fair, <laughs> babbling in German. I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I I I get it. I mean, I I don't know. That you already count- they- second wish. Yeah, but he did already give him a freebie. That's true. So I get I mean you can't give him two freebies in a row and then cuz I don't you know I don't know what would happen if he if he could break the rules or if he decided to break the rules. Yeah, because um her hair looks way better down. It really does. Oh, and gotta love the plot point of marrying the sniveling, gross old guy. Yeah. Because he's probably like 20, 30 years older than her. That might even be generous. Yeah. How in the hell? Is Gilbert Gottfried still alive? Uh, that I know of. I'm gonna research this. Ruby said when he dies too. I mean, like, yeah, well, he doesn't. He hasn't really done anything though. It's Aladdin, to be honest. Like he's done some minor parts, but like, but I think you know. And I think you're right. But I mean, that is the role that he's known the most for. Yeah. What else has he done? He was in. He did some stuff. I think he. Yeah, he starred in Thirty Rock for a little bit. Um, no, something else. Chemistry. <laughs> We've recently started watching uh, Breaking Bad, and the best moments are the chemistry moments. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I might start rewatching that show soon. It's so good. It really is. Though I do have to say, as much as I enjoy the whole show, the first season really has been the best so far. I think we're coming close to the end of the fourth season. And. Mm. As good as the rest of the show is, the first season is really the the center point for me. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. He did something in 
the annoying orange. Had oh, you really no. sunk that low, my friend? Oof. Yeah, you know what? You're right. He really hasn't. He really hasn't done very much. Yep. He's. I know he's. He's. He is. He. He's pretty much Iago. Whether it's in Kingdom Hearts and the Aladdin stuff, TVC, that's all he has been. Yeah. Yeah, it's only some minor roles here and there. Like a couple of small movies that never really made it. Some other kids shows. I mean, like he was successful enough that he could live off of the success of this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, this reminds me of another joke. Yeah. Aladdin! It is you. Wait, how'd you know it was me? Because it is you. You're just wearing different clothes. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. What was also really funny about that one is like, um, about that play is that uh, Jasmine is like super, super ditzy. She really is. And uh, what what was really funny about it is she keeps forgetting Aladdin's name. (laughs) Yep. To the point where she had to write it on her hand. Yeah. Yeah, like there's... (laughs) Was it um, Jafar in the play is like a uh, is like a mentor to her, like a basically an actual father figure. And uh, spoiler alert, he is her father. <gasps> the horror. Uh, they're having this conversation about Aladdin once he's imprisoned, and he's coming in to try to clear things up because she's mad at him. And she's like, I will never forget that name. That name is forever burned in my heart. Uh, 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 Aladdin. Aladdin. <laughs> and then when he comes as Prince Ali and he's, you know, he's all dressed up and whatnot. Hey, babe. Yeah. <laughs> she looks, yeah. she looks at him. And it's like, <gasps> looks at her hand because she wrote it down. <laughs> oh so good and here again more deceit there, more deceit there's there's nothing that you could do here except what was i where was i going with that sentence he had no way of knowing what the genie could do and he could have asked like genie what will happen to you once i set you free yeah he he could have asked, and if he if he knew the truth that genie could still do things, like he still, he still could have used genie's help. Yeah, but instead he chose Deceit. to be selfish. Yep. But of course, as we're about to find out, all of those moments of uh, deceit are going to bite him in the butt. Mm-hmm. This and is what I really. What I, re- what I really like, though, is yes, all these deceits and his flaws, but we see that we see why he's the diamond in the rough. Yes. By the way, it's my favorite Gilbert Godfrey moment. <laughs> Please, I'm blushing. There's a blushing. But yes, he is the diamond in the rough. Yeah, so, and, like, we saw that in the beginning of the movie, like, why he is, but then we see, we're reminded of that after this. Yes. Because, you know, just like us, I mean, it is the classic Disney story. He comes from nothing, but he becomes something by the end of the story. 
Right. Because, um, yes, it is a love story between him and Jasmine. But if you look at the story structure, it's more of a coming-of-age story for him. This yeah. is really him becoming the adult that he's going to be. And that's, I think that's why this movie is so important to the culture and why it was so successful. Mm-hmm. It shows that you're not your history. You're not your mistakes. You are the person that you're going to become. Right. And that's a, you know, I think that's an important message for us to keep in mind as a, as we do ministry and as we live out our faith. Mm-hmm. I try to remind uh, our students of that. You are not now who you will be in 10 years. God is yep. still working in you. God is still making you into the man that you're going to be. So mm-hmm. don't, while you do need to see where you are right now and work on who you are right now, God isn't finished with you. So don't see yourself now as the end result. Right. Ah. And again, this this despairing voice that Robin Williams gives, he's such a diverse actor. He really is. Because he's been put in serious roles and pulled it off really well. Mm-hmm. Are there what were some of the more serious roles that he's been put in? Because I know um, he's Goodwill Hunting. Oh. That was oh. a good movie. That is such a good movie. Um, he was the teacher in Dead Poet Society. Mm, another good one. And those are the only two that come to mind. There's another one that I haven't seen yet. I think it's, is it One Hour Photo, I think is the title of it? Maybe. Here's what's interesting about Jafar's wishes. They're so limiting. Yep. Like, every wish that he makes is incredibly limiting. Yeah. When he wishes to become sultan, he forgets that while he could be put in the position of sultan, he hasn't won the hearts of anybody. Correct. He could have a revolt on his hand immediately. Yep. He wishes himself to be a sorcerer. He's still not the most powerful being in the room. Yep. He wishes later to be a genie. Genie's got limitations as well. Yep. Every wish that he makes comes with a limitation, just like the first uh, two wishes that Aladdin makes. Mm-hmm. His first wish to become a prince. Well, now he's got to prove himself as a prince. Yep. He, w- he wishes indirectly to be saved, but he's going to die again someday. Mm-hmm. The only one that made any real difference was when he chose to set Genie free. Yep. Gosh. That- I, this was such a good choice for our first movie, buddy. Because It really was. I forgot. I didn't realize how deep this was. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. There's so many layers to it. Ex-Prince Ali. Evil Black. Yes. What a good villain song, too. I love that they chose to do a reprise as the villain song. Yep. Like, this was back when Disney was a little bit more brave with what they did. They, yeah. they, they did some more daring things. Yep. And so, like, you know, there are times where they did, like, a, like Lion King. Scar got his own song. And it was a great song. Great song. Very different from the whole rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, now they, they still do some interesting stuff. But it's, it's basically, like, snippets and repeats of what they've done before. Back right. in this day, 
they took risks. Mm-hmm. Good art has to come with risks. That's true. Otherwise, it's not going to leave an impact. Like, how many movies have we seen that keep it safe, do the same thing, and is literally forgotten, like, the next week? Now, I, I know that you're probably going to disagree with me a little bit on this, but for me, Marvel. I, I think that I there's a good... to a point. Okay, I what's the point? Too, because there are some really good Marvel movies. Okay. Like Infinity War, um, Civil War, The Man, Spider-Man the... No Way Home, mm-hmm. uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. There are some really yes. good ones. There are some good ones. But for and, the uh, most part, they are pretty much mediocre. Ooh, you know the one that took the most risk and had the biggest payoff? Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Gar- yeah, I can't believe I forgot favorite one. It one doesn't of my feel like a Marvel movie. Yeah. But that's part of like, that's part of the draw to it is like, it was, it was bold. It was daring. It was different. Kind of like here, like this, this was a bold and daring uh, movie to make. To be honest, it, it, all these movies in the Disney Renaissance were. Yes. Because they were, they almost went bankrupt. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. They made some movies in the 80s that didn't do so well. And they almost went bankrupt. I think, or was it? No, yeah, no. I do think it was the 80s that they almost went bankrupt. I think they also almost went bankrupt in the early, like, 50s and 60s. Which the 70s weren't great for them either, because... um. Fox and the Hound, while I love it, it's one of my favorite Disney movies. It did not perform well. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so these movies took risk, and these movies are what made Disney where they are now. That's true, yeah. And if you look at, like, I mean, the Renaissance movies are the most successful movies. Yep. And they're the ones that built the Disney that we know today. Like Disney World would not be the same without Aladdin. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be the same without Lion King. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this point. <laughs> that was... I don't know why that gets me every time, but when he's like trying to follow his finger and figure out what his finger is pointing at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. And when it comes to, like, I don't know why, but stealth moments like this. And your beard is so twisted. <laughs> That's the name of the other thing. It is. Roll credits. <laughs> I love, I love, like, stealthy overthrow things. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, Jasmine. <laughs> I get the sacrifice, but ugh. Oh, so and another line that gets used over and over. How many times do I have to kill you? Yep. I forget what other popular uh, movie or show that this was used in, but literally like any- that. Yeah, like I, I what was it you said? I said literally any of them. I think it happens. Oh, it happens in Kung Fu Panda 2. Oh, yep. 
Yeah, where he goes, how many times do I have to kill the same stinking panda? A lot of these Jafar's got puns. Say again? Jafar got puns. He does. And like, honestly, like, (laughs) that's part of the writing that I actually really enjoy. Because like, he knows he's the powerful one in this situation and he's just enjoying it. Yep. And talking about the physical deformities and the character qualities, like this right here is the fulfillment of that. Yep. He doesn't just turn into a snake because like it's powerful. He is a snake. He's a in in the kingdom, he's a snake in the grass. He's hiding and waiting for his moment to strike. Yep. And when he does, it's deadly. <laughs> and of course, before, another, before he's our man, if he can do it, great. Another genius, Rob. I, I wonder, are all 16... I want all 16 of those improv hours to be available somewhere. So, from what I've heard, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm saying it as a rumor. Okay. But once Robin Williams has, like, it's been... I forget what he said. I think 25 years after Robin Williams has passed away, they're going to release those 16 hours. Oh, that's still so long. I'm, yeah, I know. I wonder if there's, like, a legal thing. I think so, because I think it had something to do with uh, the Robin Williams Society that, or something that his daughter started, I guess. Yeah. I, don't quote me. I could be wrong. Okay. Because, like, like Disney, if you release that and put it, like, like on a, like a DVD collection, I, I would buy it. I would buy it right now. I would, too. Ugh. But that would be a good way to keep his legacy alive, like, long after he's gone. My thing is, I think when the mo- Aladdin turns 50 years, which, that's crazy, because that's in 20 more years. Yeah. I think they're going to do that. As a special feature thing, they're going to have, like, all of those six on a special feature thing. That would be so amazing. That's just something I, that- I could be wrong. Yeah, have been many times. Oh, I forget how. Transformational moment is the artistry behind this. You know what else was disappointing in the live action? What? This this part was disappointing in the live action too. Oh, really? Yep. It wasn't a big battle. It was just you know Aladdin flying through the city on his carpet with a giant Iago. With a giant Iago? Yes, Jafar made Iago giant, and it wasn't good. Iago wasn't Iago in that one either. He was just literally a parrot. I think I did hear about that. I mean, you got two people who just acted themselves. I mean, Gilbert Gottfried was Gilbert Gottfried, and Robin Williams was Robin Williams. Yeah. It's kind of hard to... But at the same time, he could have done something. Yeah, I will say one thing I liked that the live action did was give a little more on Jafar's backstory. Ooh, that would be interesting. Yep, Jafar was like Aladdin. Like, as we mentioned, there was like parallels. Well, before Jafar became royal vizier, Jafar was also like living on the street, stealing from people to survive. That gives an interesting contrast for how they turn out later. It really does. That's cool because, yeah, because it comes down then to choices. Mm-hmm. Aladdin makes his choices and of course that's where we get to where we are now where he has to come clean about who he is yeah 
And here, again, I, I give Jasmine too hard a time because she really is sincere here. She really is. Ah, and, Jean, uh, and part of Jeannie's character. This moment of self-sacrifice. He has an opportunity to ask Aladdin for forever freedom. And he chooses, mm-hmm. to, t- he chooses to take forever imprisonment. So that Aladdin can have a happy ending. Something I've always wondered. What? What would have happened if after, you know, the lamp wouldn't have teleported to the Cave of Wonders. It just would have stayed there. What's to stop Aladdin to, you know, rubbing the lamp again and getting three more wishes? Um, I guess it would be that uh, the same person could have made those wishes. I mean, he could give it to Jasmine and the Jasmine could have made yeah. wishes. But see, that's the, but I mean, I do, I'm not saying what Aladdin chose to do wasn't the right choice, because it obviously was, but I just right. always thought that. What is to stop Aladdin to make the wish, hey, make me a prince again, use his last wish, and then use, either pick up the lamp again to wish for his freedom, or give it to Jazz. <laughs> but, you know? Yeah. It wasn't the most economic move. No, but. It worked out for the best, so it's okay. Yes, and it was definitely the most moral choice. Yes, which is why, this is, which, which is why I'm not angry with said choice because it was the right one and the moral one. Yes. Oh, and such a sweet moment. Mm-hmm. You'll always be a prince to me. It's that law. That's the problem. (laughs) I just noticed something. What? The Sultan's darker than he used to be. Yeah. Jasmine's darker than she used to be. I think they all are, honestly. (laughs) So that's okay. All right. Now I know why that title screen was there. Because they, they were apologizing for making the movie about a bunch of white people. <laughs> uh. Crazy lovebirds. <laughs> Yo, hey, bro, man. Yeah, I'm history. Technology. Okay, I'm free. <sighs> a very good story of redemption here. It and really is. And a beautiful end to the story as well. Yep. Oh, get ready. Ew, Ew, they're (laughs) kissing. So gross. And of course, what's the only appropriate way to end this movie? Yep. (laughs) With with another Robin Williams bit. Make you look. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Aladdin. That was honestly, I'm glad we put, like I said, I mentioned this earlier, but I'm really glad we picked this as our first movie. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think that we can handle doing this. We can. Yeah. I definitely think it will help to add in another person. Or but two. I'm, yeah. Or two. I think we'll start with another one person. Um, we've had a few people that we've reached out to say that they would be happy to join in. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we'll need to discuss when and what movie and which people. Because yeah. we want to make sure that we pick the right people for the right movie. 
Yeah, because um, it'd, it'd be awkward if we pick someone like, oh, I don't know, um, a rando off the street talking about Harry Potter. Who knows about Harry Potter? Yes, because we want to make sure that we pick movies that everybody has seen. That way, nobody has to pay attention to the movie and like miss out on all the talking points. They've got something to contribute to the conversation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we want to thank for joining in. Jeff, it was good doing this with you. It was good doing this with you, buddy. This was really fun. I'm glad we decided to do this. Me too. Now all I got to do is uh, edit out our beginning and end points and uh, bleep out my one moment. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, I think we're ready to rock and roll. Awesome. Well, before we head out, just want to thank everyone for coming, watching the movie with us or listening to us talk through it and hope y'all enjoyed. And if y'all have any recommendations, I don't know how podcast works, comment i guess if that's a thing i don't know i think we've got an email um our me- our email is men who talk through movies at gmail.com if you have any recommendations or anything just send an email there yep and we look forward to the next one guys yep also if you enjoyed this at all please be sure to share it with somebody share with I, t- I challenge you to do this if you listen to this share it with one person just just one person that you think would enjoy this yeah All right, guys, I think we're going to head out. This has been the men talking rambunctiously through movies. Men who talk through movies. We got to work on an ending. Yeah, we do. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.